The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Aki Brandon. Welcome back to Old Teen Show. I'm Brandon. This is my classmate, Jessica. Howdy. This edition of Old Teen Show covers the first and only season of the short-lived 1992 show, The Heights. The story of a local rock band, 20-somethings, called The Heights, living in a suburb called The Heights. This show is called The Heights. Today, we are discussing the second episode, A Star Ain't Nothing But a Ball of Gas. Jessica, what's going on with The Heights this week? Stan has an interview with the Chicago Conservatory. Jimmy Benzie gets dizzy a deal on an engagement ring. JT helps Hope with her song and has continuing problems with his father. Alex and Rita's relationship develops. Okay, well, this is directed by John Nicolella and Sandy Smolan, and it's written by Tony Spiridakis. Nickel, Nick, okay, so this is not the first time I've talked about this director on the show, Nicolella. He's the director of Don Johnson's Heartbeat. Music video I discussed back in November for one of the most amazing one of the most amazing things ever. You should go listen to it with me and John Roca. Uh, yeah. So uh, he also did episodes of Miami Vice, Melrose Place, three episodes of this show, uh, the Intelligibles TV show Mantis, and Call the Conqueror. He was a production manager on Saturday Night Fever and Curse of the Pink Panther. He produced some Nash Bridges and a really wacky movie with Michael Bean from the early '80s called The Fan. Uh, Smolan, uh, the other director, is a big TV career doing stuff as, such as like the Heights is a, the primer for this for Sandy Smolan, uh, Everwood, One Tree Hill, Dawson's Creek, uh, <laughs> uh, Weird Science, Doogie Howser, Northern Exposure, LA Law, Alec McBeal's Life Goes On, Chicago Hope, lots of stuff. The opening credits of this episode doesn't use how to t- how do you talk to an angel. How do like, you not use oh, the number one fuck. chart song? Like, no wonder, like, people heard this song and then this shit, like... So, obviously, episode one and two were cut, at least filmed, I feel like, before... Somebody was going in a different direction? Like, went number one. And then once it went number one, they're like, dude, you've got to change the opening. Well, whatever this is, is not hit, like, you watch 90210, you watch Merrill's Place, and it was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like... This is like, te- did someone leave the temp track in or something? And like, it's bad. Like, it has no energy to it. It's just like, hey, this is a dull thing going on in a dull place mm-hmm. and doing all kids doing music. Like, you're making a, you're you're making a show about youth making music, and you're using this old ass weird, unhip song. Like, I was I was taken aback. I'm like, wait, where is? That's your song, man. Like I didn't even know what you'd call that. Was it was it jazz? Was it just beats? Was it just I don't melancholy? Was it noir? I don't know. Like hey, it it wasn't the heights, I'll tell you that. And that's the only thing I knew about the show was 
what you've told me was that theme song. <laughs> that song was the hit. And when we finally get to watch an episode, because you, you couldn't find episode one anywhere. Nope. Starting episode two, I'm like, what the heck? I've been lied to. Where's the damn song? I'm here yeah. for the song. Yeah. Spoiler, it comes back next week. So <laughs> they they figured it out a bit fast. Uh, this episode uh, revolves around Stan a lot. Um, he uh, is trying to get this job at a conservatory his dad has a bar pool hall thing that they like to hang out at and eat and play pool and talk like a little meeting ground. I like um, that his dad's Mr. Mike. He goes by Mr. Mike. Mr. Mike. Uh, and so Sam like dresses up to just this interview. Because Is it like a college position, a job? Like I feel I like it's post-college and then maybe, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Because while I call this old teen show, these characters are not in their teens, but this is a show teens would watch. Like, you know, uh, but yeah, like, so I I didn't understand whether the conservatory was for studies, a job, internship, but it would cause him to leave town. And and through that, he'd have to leave the heights and everything behind. So there's a turmoil there. The town and the band. The town and the band. Yes, both. But Yes. (laughs) It's confusing. Sometimes they just assume the audience knows everything and they don't explain stuff. Or maybe we missed it in episode one. We don't know. And the opening scene with him and uh, Jody, because he lives with Dizzy, so he knows Jody a lot. Jody probably wakes up in their apartment a lot. He, uh, they're talking about things and he keeps saying the heights. Like if you were to play a drinking game to every time someone said the heights on the heights, You'd be passed out before the credits, the opening credits that play during the first couple minutes of the show happen. Because he's like, you know, the heights when I'm from the heights and we play with the height. I'm like, I know what I'm watching on Fox. Like, he should have just said yeah. on Fox, on Fox. Yeah. Fox, <laughs> nine o'clock, 9 p.m. on Fox. Right. It, it It's it's kind of crazy. But he um his he does get the position, but his dad has like a heart attack or something. He decides not to tell him but he's not sure he wants to take it because he's got a really interesting thing where he he's content, not maybe not content. He's, he's very happy and feels accomplished being a big fish in a small pond rather than mm-hmm. going out to try to make a difference to somebody in a bigger area. Or city. Yeah. He's deciding to do what he wants and not what his dad wants for him. He's like, mm-hmm. look, I got a small fire here going. Yes. Cause his dad, you know, his dad's in the small town. He wants his kid to, branch out be better not be him but you know he's got to do his own thing you know and that that's one of our our storylines that we have he probably also didn't know what was going on at the chicago conservatory <laughs> right like, well, do i want to go there i don't even know what what it is yeah like i don't know what he's doing there but that's i guess an interest of his or something because he kind of after i mean looking ahead he he kind of fades in the background after this episode a little bit but yeah he's uh just kind of wander around through him and you know it's kind of cool um usually that we're on the first season and it's an older show the second episode's usually kind of a repilot the pilot kind of does all this stuff and the second one kind of sets the stage again so we're kind of easily introducing ourselves to these people in the same like not moving that far ahead from where they were last time and kind of refamiliarizing us with those ideas because we have like Dizzy who learned that Jody is pregnant. He uh, works for her dad who's a plumber and he's told he has to learn to woo her. Like I don't know why he has to woo her when they're already together. They're having a kid together. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he succeeded. He <laughs> and got in the woo-woo. Yeah. 
I mean, they have the longest of long-term commitments in her belly, mm-hmm. and uh, he wants to marry her. And we get in this little thing where he meets, he can't afford a ring, and he meets some swindler at a jewelry store. And he uh, ends up getting a ring, but then finding out it's uh, Lenny's, like, grandpa tells him it's, like, cubic zirconium or whatnot. And, uh, yeah, we get this really intense scene with, like, gangbangers and uh, playing cards <laughs> in, a, in a weird, like, I thought storage. that was so funny. It's like, oh first off, how did they know where to find Jimmy the slime ball? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to go call him out. And he, of course, is playing poker. It's like... And it looks like it's an illegal game of poker because, you know, yeah, they're in some warehouse. Yeah. Like, Dizzy busting in and he's just like demanding his uh, the ring that he wants. He's like, I don't need your I don't need uh, this ring. I don't need my money back. I just want what I asked for because, damn it, she deserves it. She deserves the best. Right. Which right. I would never talk that way to people in a factory type building playing poker. <laughs> right. Right. And. So like they they get there and there's this one guy who's like above Jimmy the slime ball. Mm-hmm. And it gets this point where like, you know, guys are like behind Lenny and Dizzy. And you're like, well, which way is this gonna go? And the guy's like, hey, and he just like Dizzy just lays it all out on the table. And the guy's like, You go get him a ring. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh okay. see, they have there's a guy there that might be in some type of a gangster situation, but he has a heart. He's got a heart, yeah. He's he like, appreciates true love. He wants what's best for his uh Baby mama. You ripped off the wrong guy, Jimmy. <laughs> ripped off the... You know, it, and I wonder if those guys will ever come back into play. Or if they're a one-episode thing. Like, I feel like Jimmy the Slime Ball has to come back. I, I'm going to guess no. Probably not. Probably not. Probably they're probably not. slated for season two. <laughs> Jimmy wah, the Slime wah. Ball's revenge. Oh, man. But yeah, he, and then he goes and um, he... Is this one where he proposes to her? And she, she yeah, she rejects him at the end. Yeah, he gets yeah. the gets the suit, gets all suited up, goes outside the hospital where she works mm-hmm. with a little boombox playing. Was it lay? Put your hand or put lay your head on my shoulder. Whatever that put song is. Put your hand on my shoulder. Yeah. yeah, and he gets rejected, which is like what? She doesn't even hesitate. She just no. goes no, <laughs> and he's yeah. like what? And she's like no, I don't want to. Walks off. It's yeah. Like, Oh crap! Considering it's your baby mama, and I assume you're dating, that was pretty harsh. And her dad was even like, "Yeah, she wants to marry you. That's all she wants." Oh. Like when dad's on the side, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's rejected. Poor Dizzy. Poor Dizzy. Um, then we meet up with Hope, who's uh working on a this. This is a storyline that intrigued me. That I was like, okay, this is where the heights could be something else. Aside from just all the normal dramas everybody goes through on these shows or kind of finds, but she's working on this like Sarah McLaughlin esque song. And then JT comes in and turns it into like a rocker power ballad that that kills the spirit of the song. I think like watching the songwriting element of this like subplot is some of like the best unique stuff in this episode. Like I want to see like I want to see them just like hash it out, like play off of each other, argue, focus on the music because this is a show about a band. So you think there'd be more about that? Yeah, that's what the show has. Life that could possibly happen. Let's cram them into an episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. There's there's other things that will come in other episodes when we go down that fit with this but this is like 
this is where I'm like, okay, this is intriguing. This is interesting. These two. And the fact that she has the pressure of like, she has this song, which is really good. Mm -hmm. But the fact that all her other bandmates are like, well, uh, what he's doing, you know, that's good. It's like, did you give the other one a chance? But they, they end up playing it his way at the end, which I noticed like every episode is going to like end with a song and then like faux music video tactics to make it like with all the black and white and they're like weird. Don't get me started on those music videos, the random montages of clips. Yeah. And some of them I don't understand. I'm like, well, when would you have got that footage? They're like gene commercials. They're they're almost black and white. Now we're going to be sepia or whatever. Yeah. Now we're this. This is just us hanging. And then sometimes we look at the camera even. It's like, it's, (laughs) it's weird. It's like they want a music video, but they don't have the time to make one. They're really, yeah, they're really weird. But the, yeah, this song is like Battlefield, um, but it was a different word. Like, because JT picked. Oh, up she on the wants to be battle. like a common ground. Common ground, yeah. And he's like, no, it's, we're gonna battleground. Because their battleground was one little piece of it, and he took that and ran with it. And yeah, and and he's got a lot of '80s in him with his. Uh, like the 80s hangover with his musical tactics. I kept wanting to call him Kenny G just because of his oh, hair. Oh, yeah. But like, it's like he could have, he could be, you know. He's mirror universe Kenny G because he looks yeah. evil. Yes. Yes. I don't know if he's trying to be Axel or if he's trying to be who. Maybe all of them. All of the above, basically. Right, right. Um, With his hat and his attitude. But him taking the song, I was pretty bummed. I was like, come on, Hope. Are you going to be the big pushover Mm -hmm. that's doing all this stuff? But when a guy says, I'm going to do it this way, babe. You're like, okay. All right. Yeah. Because you got that leather jacket. And they're trying to make us like understanding a bit of why JT is a prick or whatever. Because we meet his father, who's a just a fuck up of a dad. This alcoholic guy, just complete ass face. And when like... Hope shows up. He's like really gross and creepy mm-hmm. at their apartment. So like there's that angle where it's like, he's a dick, but this is why. Right. His dad screams at him all the time. He has issues from his Vietnam past, I guess. And yeah. Mm. JG is a, a little bit of a kitty cat at home. And then he, it's a circle of yelling or whatever it is from how I met your mother. Right. <laughs> he then turns and kind of does that in the, his world. Right. Uh, lastly, our last, we have a subplot. Our hot, sexy, cutesy new love couple, Alex and Rita, and um, they just kind of just go on a date. That's all that happens. And does she work at like an alcohol distribution facility or something? I like, didn't. I couldn't figure it out. Half the time, I couldn't figure out where the jobs were because <laughs> they just assume everybody knows everything. Which I get. You got to find out as you go. But sometimes you can you know, help the audience. I was like, is she a beer scientist? Is that what she is? Like, I, I didn't know, but yeah, they're just kind of uh, meat cuting um, right now. Yeah, that, that couple, every couple, you know, when they first start dating a little mushy, mm-hmm. everything's perfect saying mushy things to each other. Yeah. Like, tell me, tell me the words of this song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, that yeah, that's pretty much that's the episode. Really, that's what we go through. Um, Stan decides to stay. He doesn't go to the conservatory, so he the heights will not break up in this episode. Um, they're they're all together, and they they play, of course, what we said the battleground song. But now that we've seen like an episode, like what's what's your take on these these folks of the heights? This this group of teens in this indeterminate place called the heights about a band called the heights. <laughs> Well, 
They gave everyone their own individual issues so far. We're mm-hmm. seeing a little turmoil and real life issues like, you know, the bad uh, home life. You've got Alex, who's mysterious and doesn't want to talk about his family. He doesn't really stay in touch with his family. So what's his deal? Very, I don't know. Did you ever, did you watch this and think that you could have wrote this as a <laughs> 12-year-old? Like if you were just thinking of what problems could happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, let's let's pick out of a hat the stuff that could happen to people here. I guess and, that's what I kept thinking. And I'm like, they're not really, it's not really difficult dialogue. There's nothing. Yeah. They set it up and then they do something. It's dependent on how the actors are going to give us the scenes, I guess, since the, the, since the subject matter is basic or rote, it, it comes down to, okay, how are they going to act this out? Yeah, you but know. the acting didn't bother me. I thought no. that was okay. No, it was okay. I, the, like I said, the the JT and Hope arguing over songwriting is that's the most unique thing here. That's what it has, and it's not the focus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I want is more. It's about the music, man. It's about the right. Music. Um, one person that becomes like because we we record this in blocks person that's like very shadows background nothing to do here but is more of a prominent player in the episodes we got coming up lenny like Mm -hmm. i i thought he was like just some rando but he's actually one of the mainest main characters but he's nothing here and then stan who kind of goes in the background of other episodes is up front here so maybe they do a carousel of who gets focused yeah about like four characters yeah alex and rita don't get much here either but they get their own subplot but and again, without seeing the first episode, mm-hmm. even watching the second one, I was still getting confused with everybody and who they were. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of white guys that kind of look similar too. I right. got Alex and uh, Dizzy mixed up at one point, and I'm like, dang it! They, you know, they have the Jason Priestley, you know, that little black necklace thing you wear in the night. Sideburns and yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Which I always wonder how guys get their hair like that. I really do. Uh, they got how hair. they style it—that whole uplift and. Hair and makeup in the Carving trailer. Carving and that yeah, makes sense. <laughs> and doesn't move when, yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> oh. Yes. So, yeah. It's the benefit. Yeah. What do you think about the clothing? Oh, yeah. My, my cup of tea, man. That was, uh, that was the era. Um, they're not quite into my stage of like the jeans I loved from the 90s that I wish would come back, but where they, because um, I always like the like slightly baggy when the, the bell bottoms like kind of came back, but didn't like, they weren't huge bell bottoms, but they kind Is of it like bell- the Junko. Is yeah. Junko? Well, no, well kind of there. And then they put like a stripe on the jeans. That was my, okay. was my heyday of jeans. That's when I was like, yeah, jeans, like, <laughs> but this is kind of getting in the baggy era. Um, but you got the flannel stuff, the plaid and just definitely I have a, I have a nostalgia for like, especially the women's clothing. I was like, yeah, yep, yep here we go. The guy, the guys kind of just their clothes are just like, man, like JT's not my style. Like he's kind of the eighties transitioning into the nineties mm-hmm. type, type place. But what they put Alex in is kind of of the era a bit. Cause Dizzy kind of just white t-shirts it a bunch, but definitely, definitely interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the girl's wardrobe at this point. I'm like, okay, come on, show me what you got. You're in a band. So yeah, right, right. what's happening? I loved watching Blossom because of her outfits. And, you know, Clarissa explains it all. Granted, that mm-hmm. still might be after this show. But even 90210, yeah. I just like the, the styles and the hats and the silliness. So I'm like, 
waiting for all of that. There we go. Yes. And we will get to all that. So uh, this gig is over. So till next time we play, Jessica, where can people keep up with you? Hey, hang out with me on Twitter at Jay and Allsman, on Instagram at Jessica Allsman. And I'm over at the Bob and Tom show, popping on the air once a week. Uh, you can uh, find out about that at bobandtom.com. And of course, all the time hanging out with the Brandon Peters podcast. All right. Or the yeah. Brandon Peters show. Yes. Podcast. Show podcast. Podcasting show. The show uh, where he podcasts. Yes, that one. Uh, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Written work on whysoblue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peters show this week. But until then, Jessica, how do you talk to an angel? It's like trying to catch a falling star, Brandon. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.